Welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 76. This is our 2019 PGA Championship DraftKings show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Preview at Golf Betting System, and with me we have European Tour expert Paul Williams. Morning to you, Paul. Good morning, Steve. How are you? We're all right. The yeah, nursery all... drop went well. Good, good. Did have a an bit more. <laughs> all a bit more, all a bit more chilled on a Wednesday morning after the frantic nature of a Monday and Tuesday of uh, of majors week. So perhaps the fog's clearing a little bit and we can see a little bit. So. Well, as you know, it's more like the Sunday, the Monday, and the Tuesday of a majors oh, yes. week. <laughs> but um, yes, and it's good to see that um, the content we're putting out there is being well received. I know that the visitor numbers to the website are huge. I know that the podcast we put out there yesterday with Barry. Um, Episode 75, our actual uh, tips preview for the PGA on a betting perspective. That's been very, very popular. Mm. So that's uh, that's good to see. Very encouraging. Absolutely. Golfbettingsystem.co.uk is our website. Naturally, we're available on social media. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. That is approaching a rather chunky number. Is it coming up to 5,000 members, isn't it? Yeah, it's not group? far off. Yeah, 4,800, that, that kind of bracket. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Bamford Golf. Paul is available at Golf Betting. Look out for the Golf Betting System YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. You can also uh, listen to this podcast on YouTube if you're a YouTuber. Uh, the podcast is available on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Audio Boom, YouTube. There's just a myriad of different ways that you can listen to us. And uh, naturally, our currency is uh, is basically rate and review. If you can rate and review us on iTunes, and naturally, I will read them out at the start of next week's show. Um, those uh, ratings and reviews are so, so important with iTunes. They just help to spread the word about this podcast. And the number of listeners is growing consistently. So thank you, one and all. Right. I know that we've got um, a lot of listeners, especially over here in the UK, who probably never played DraftKings, Paul. Mm. Um, clearly over in the States, and we'll, we'll have a, a chunk of listeners over from the uh, US and uh, Canada listening to this. But um, it's, it's clearly obvious that the game's growing over here in the UK, and I know that DraftKings have recognised that, and they're pulling together a very exciting new customer offer for this week's PGA Championship. Yep. Free entry with no deposit. Now, you can't argue with that, can you? No, no. It's, you know, I guess part of the barrier for UK uh, customers for for DraftKings is that um, you know everyone's so used to betting and the the terminology and the the, yeah. the, the markets that are out there for for just uh, you know your standard having a standard bet on a on a golf tournament um, that's uh, deviating from that is uh, feels a bit uncomfortable. So I think it's a great move from DraftKings to go down the uh, no deposit route because you can you can have a Go at the um, the free contest this week um, on the site, um, where there's five thousand dollars up in, in in prizes up for grabs, and uh, have a go for free and uh, see if you like it. See how you get on with it. It's um, I mean I've, I've been playing for a good, good two two and a half years now, and um, I thoroughly enjoy it. It's, it's a staple part of my weekly um, plan of attack when it comes to a golf tournament. I must say. It's, uh, so effectively, yeah, you can join. Uh, this week for the US PGA Championship 
and you can play with no deposit required. So there's a, as Paul said, there's a total of 5,000 in prizes up for grabs and entry is completely free. So there's a dedicated new player tournament effectively. Hmm. So if you've ever fancied trying DraftKings but never taken the plunge, then this is a great way to get a taste without parting with any cash. Clearly there are key terms and uh, we will put a qualifying link in the podcast description box that will take you through to the registration page. But you were telling me earlier off mic that effectively right now, um, if you were to enter, you're pretty much... How, how are they doing the prize? How are they breaking up the prize fund? Yeah, so there's five thousand dollars in prizes in total. First place gets a hundred dollars. Second, seventy. Third, fifty. Now, as you go down the finishing positions, clearly the the prize money starts to dilute a little bit. However, um, three hundred twenty first down to seven twentieth gets a three dollar prize. Seven twenty first down to two thousand and fifty fifth gets a one dollar prize. So you're getting paid um, a return all the way down to just over two thousandth place. Right now, Wednesday morning, UK time, 9am, um, we have 657 people having entered. So right now, everybody in that um, pool is going to win $3. Yeah. Now, of course, as that goes above that, then some people will end up in the $1 bracket if they finish uh, rock bottom or close to. But um, yeah, there's plenty of scope to uh, to come along, try it for free, and um you know, unless the numbers absolutely explode as a result of this uh, this podcast, then I suspect you're going to be uh, you're going to be taking home some kind of uh, return from it. So, uh, yeah, if if you haven't tried it before, pop along and have a go. There's, as Steve said, there's um, there's a link directly to the uh, to, to the tournament in the um, in the in the podcast description, and uh, see how you get on. Pick a team of six, and um, away you go. We will also put in a link to our DraftKings Golf Explain page that you've written mm. over over the time and developed, which clearly goes into the nuts and bolts of exactly how it works. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it gives you a little taste of the, the basics of it and how um, how it all hangs together. And if you've, if you've played fantasy football um, in the past in any shape or form, then the principles are very similar to that. You just pick a team of six within a certain defined... Uh, salary uh, total um, and uh, once you've submitted that team you sit back and uh, watch them in real time as to how they perform where they make birdies bogeys um, move up and down the leaderboard etc but um, yeah all great fun we've had a question in from our good friend Hans Givers who's a very uh, very good supporter of the podcast thank you mm. Hans who do you like of the lower price golfers to make the cut and maybe top 25 this week at Beth Page Black? He says he likes the look of Jorge Campillo. What do you guys think of him and what alternatives may you have? Yeah, I think we'll get into the ones we like in that kind of bracket a bit further down the line. But to talk about Jorge in particular... Um, I don't think you can dispute how well he's been playing. His form is absolutely incredible, isn't it? He got that win um, a couple of weeks back that had been he'd been knocking on the door. And I've described him as a perennial bridesmaid before in my uh, previews. And I, I stuck him up um, a few weeks before that um, when he finished second. Um, I forget exactly which tournament it is now. They all merge into one after a while. Um, but his, his current form line of second, second, 20th, third, first, third um, would suggest that he's in absolutely tip-top form. Um, the only thing that puts me off a little bit 
is that his major tournaments that he's played, he's missed the cut on both times. So, um, yeah, I, I think if you were trying to fill someone, and his, uh, his salary is 6900 on DraftKings, if you're trying to fill someone in that gap who um, could make the cut um, and could push on towards a... Uh, you know, a reasonable finish. I don't. I, I don't think he can get. I don't think he's got the experience to get close enough to actually win the tournament. Um, and I'm uh, debatable whether he can go much higher than top twenty. But if you're picking someone at that kind of range, and he finishes 18th, 20th, 22nd, um, he's, he's probably uh, he's probably returning what you would hope from a player in that kind of uh, price bracket. I think. What are you physically looking for this week with the DraftKings? Um, angle clearly I mean it's, I think we'll both agree that this is going to be a bit of a brute this week um, I'm looking at the weather forecast right now a little yep. bit of scattering of rain from midnight onwards to, to add to a course that's already pretty wet mm -hmm. so it's going to be soft it's going to be long um, it's going to be pretty cold tomorrow it's only maxing out at 22 degrees Celsius by 5 o'clock yep. um, around about 11 o'clock it's 18 degrees so you know, that ball is not going to be zinging out there for any of them. So, on a golf course that is very, very long and a par 70 with only one reachable par 5, um, and a lot, a lot of long par 4s and par 3s, um, I do think, and, you know, we've seen this with winners here in the past, you know, from, from Woods in 02 forward, they've all been drivers of the golf ball that have been in the top 40 of the ranking that particular season. So I do think you need a little bit of length to actually win the tournament. Yeah. But, I mean, we're seeing uh, 10 to 15 mile an hour wins Thursday. Friday's the interesting day. Um, it's going to be gusting up to 25, 27 miles an hour around about late morning through lunchtime. Yeah, so it's going to impact every player, likely, whether they're finishing their round in the morning. Well, this is it, mate. I mean, at the end of the day, um, you take Friday, 8 o'clock in the morning, it's going to be 16 degrees and gusting to 20 miles an hour. It only warms up to 20 degrees by 11, and it's gusting 26 up to 30. So that, that for, the, for the morning starters on Friday, that is going to be particularly nasty. Mm. It starts to taper off a little bit in the afternoon, and the course... Uh, the actual temperature does warm up. It's re reaching 23 degrees by late afternoon with a, the gusts down to around about 10 to 15. So you might find there's a little bit of advantage for the later starters on Friday. Yeah. yeah. Which actually, when I was looking at it across Sunday and Monday, is actually reversed out. Yeah. Well, in my mind, it was almost working that the late, early starters were getting an advantage on that because of that Friday. Yeah, it's difficult to second guess it. Um, it looks um, like over that weekend before. Yeah, it looks like that weather's rolling through a little bit earlier than they anticipated. Mm. So that's yeah. an interesting angle. Late, potentially late, early having a slight disadvantage. Yeah, it's uh, and, and I guess the situation, the privileged situation we're in over in the UK is that we'll have a few extra hours of um, you know sensible hours of, uh, of day. Um, daytime to actually review the latest um, uh, the latest forecast before pulling the yeah. trigger um, tomorrow I know, yeah I know the, the guys over in the states it's you know it's kicking off um, early morning isn't it effectively so 6.45 a.m. Um, over on the east coast so yeah it's I, I think 
if you boil down the skill sets required, um, total driving for me is is one of the key key aspects. I think you've got to be long. Um, I was looking at some of the feedback from the players. Matthew Pitts, Fitzpatrick put on a, um, a a video yesterday showing the depth of the rough around the um, around the bunkering. So you, you've got the graduated rough as you'd expect, but as you get further away from the fairway, um, some of it was particularly thick and particularly long, and that was without him actually going into the real. Um, no, that was in between the green and a bunker. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so to further off that, you've got this kind of waist high, fescue type um, rough, which um, clearly you don't want to be in any of it. But um, but yeah, it's if you combine the fact that it's going to be playing long, um, it's it's a tight course anyway. You not you know people aren't going to be hitting every fairway. That's for fact. The, the rough is thick. The rough is going to be wet. Um, and then further off the fairway, the rough is wet and brutal. Then um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a challenge, I think. And uh, I think you need to be long. I think you need to be straight. Total driving for me is a, a big part of it. Um, strokes gained from off the tee, strokes gained um, from tee to green are going to be where this tournament's won or lost. I think. Just on a course on a course basis. Hmm. Um, I've worked it through looking at the course that six holes, so a third of the format, are going to are going to require approach shots over two hundred yards. Yeah, and that isn't your standard makeup really for a for a PGA Tour or American golf course, which can be complete wedge fests. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that kind of distance, one of the things I've looked at is is GIR from anything from 175 through 200 and over 200. Mm Because if you can consistently hit greens here, as we know, this isn't going to be a putting contest. No, it was brought out from the uh, the last time it was play, it played wet and long like this when uh, Lucas Glover won in 2009 at the, the US Open. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Lucas Glover, by anyone's estimation, is not a... Uh, is not a putting machine. And we've kind of got... We, well, we, we got our heads around this last week in our preview show, which we did with Barry, Barry O'Hanrahan, that we, we said last week the winning score is going to be single digits. Mm-hmm. So in our, la- in our parlance, we classify that as a technical test, so sub 10 under, so technical test scoring levels. Yep. So if you want to go to Golf Betting System and look at our predictor model, there's a tab on there for rolling results on the PGA Tour of tournaments that have actually, uh, where the winning score has been less than 10 under. And just to run you through some names, Dustin Johnson tops that, Jordan Spieth at two, Rose at three, Day at four, Fowler five, Scott six, Billy Horschel at seven, Casey eight, Bubba Watson, Sergio Garcia round out the top 10. I'm surprised mm. by Bubba. But I think a couple of his wins at the Masters, or one of them, was definitely single digit. Yeah. yeah. And I know that Bubba's uh, made a bit of noise across uh, the Twitter sphere the last couple of days with, with people quite sweet on Bubba for this week. But we can go through that in a minute. Yeah, yeah. So we we effectively think it's going to play long, it's going to play soft for the first couple of days, and it's going to be a par fest, yeah? It is, If you can pick up, you know, if you're shooting 68s across the day, 
um, you're not going to be far away at the end of the tournament. I think the impact that has from a DraftKings perspective is, depending the nature of the tournament, you can play DraftKings similar to the way that you might um, bet and fancy players in the outright betting market, or you can play it differently based on how the tournament sets up. Because some events from a DraftKings perspective, you're going to be overcompensated for birdies and eagles because there's, you know, there's lots out there. Yeah, on like a birdie fest, yeah, exactly. Yeah. On a birdie fest, where you know you're making birdies, eagles are rel- relatively easy to come by, um, and you know there are plenty being made. Then, then players who don't finish um, right at the top of the leaderboard can be scoring very heavily simply because they're making these birdies and bo- uh, bir- birdies and eagles, and offset by you know a number of bogeys. Now, so burn or bust from a player's yeah, perspective, yeah, but that absolutely. isn't going to be this week, is it? If you're going for the burn strategy, you are going to get burned. You're going to be yeah. missing the cut. I think yeah, so. You know, with two two par fives, um, one of which, as you've said, is a, a very long. Well over 600 yard par five. It's going to be a three shotter for the vast majority of the field. Yeah. Um, so eagles are going to be extremely rare, I think, this week. So you're not going to be getting a you're not going to be getting many bonus points for eagles. Birdies aren't are going to be at a premium. There's it's not going to be easy to make birdies. Um, bogey free rounds. Um, the bonus that you get from DraftKings for a bogey free round. How many of those are there going to be? I, it's, it's not going to be particularly common, is it? Um, your four-round sub-70 bonus, how many players are going to produce four sub-70 rounds this week? Um, I don't think any will, personally. I can't see any players. In it. Perhaps, perhaps the winner goes around with four you know 69s and 68s perhaps that's how they how they get it done but it's going to be a true rarity to be picking up um five bonus points for getting a player who manages to go around in four sub 70 rounds so so yeah I, for me this the way to play this week probably has far more correlation to the final leaderboard than yeah. um, the intricacies of DraftKings scoring so yeah, yeah, yeah. Picking players who are actually going to do well in the tournament in, in itself um, could be the could be the key to unlocking this week's DraftKings contest. Which makes it difficult, doesn't it? If you're if you're going for a strategy where you're going for a couple of the uh, ten thousand guys at the top, and then you're filling it with uh, rogue traders at the bottom, you know your six thousands. If you're if you're looking for a scenario where um, making the cut isn't just going to be enough, you want players that are going to be at least in the top twenty at the end of the tournament. If the final leaderboard is going to be that important to the final result, yep. It's actually, I suppose, that mid range. It's it's getting those players right in terms of mm. that range nine thousand through eight thousand, who the guys that are definitely going to be in 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 the, at the top of the leaderboard at the end of the uh, at the end of the week. Yep. Well, as, as we know, I mean, if we're talking um, predominantly about the millionaire maker this week, because that's going to be the. The, uh, the contest that really captures the attention of the uh, of the DraftKings players this week, um, and to to stand a chance of making any decent money, to stand a chance of getting close to to you know to taking home the million dollars, um, you've absolutely got to get six out of six through the weekend, and that's easier said than done. Now at the Masters, where you've got a field that's restricted to ninety, you've got the you've got the the cut rules. Um, you could end up with you know 60, 70, 80% of the field making the cut. So six out of six is you know it's relatively straightforward. 
unless you've picked the the Sergios or the the cases at the Masters where you know they missed the cut and absolutely torpedo your team. Um, this week you're back to genuine general cut rules um, for the PGA Tour top seventy in ties. Um, you got a full field of 156 players, so there's going to be a lot of players who do miss the cut. Now, of course, you've got the you know the the, the way that the PGA, the US PGA sets up. You've got players who um, probably are not going to make the cut. Some of the uh, uh, some some of the some of the um, club pros and um, some of the some of the players that uh, you could you know scrub from your list relatively straightforward. But that's a, a lot less in terms of proportion versus the the Masters field. So. Um, picking six players first and foremost who are going to get through the uh, through to the weekend is um, is going to be quite a challenge. And if you going back to your your point just a second ago, if you're going for this kind of stars and scrubs strategy where you're going to pick two from the top and um, any other four who are going to be averaging circa you know seven thousand there and thereabouts yeah, 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 yeah. in that kind of bracket, depending who you go for at the very top. Um, Finding four players in that seven thousand or sub seven thousand um, bracket who are all going to make the cut this week, um, that's that that that's good going if you manage to do it, and if you manage to do it with any kind of consistency over a number of teams, then uh, well done to you. Um, it's a brave strategy. Let's go through this slightly differently to what we get. You know the norm. Let's let's actually start from the bottom up. Yeah. So mm-hmm. let's talk about some players that a lot of listeners may not have heard of because there's, there's going to be a lot of uh, North American listeners and we've got a lot of European tour players down here, sub yep. 7,000. Mm-hmm. What players in that list actually interest you this week? I know that we agree on one. Yeah, I mean, starting from the very bottom. Well, not very bottom, but going up. Well, we agree on up. two, actually. But go on, yeah, you, you go. Um, Julian Suri. Yeah. Six thousand four hundred. I think that's a cracking price for yeah. a player at that level. Um, his incoming form's good. Um, I backed him at the uh, the week after. It was the China Open. It was the it was the Hassan actually. It was the one that was following okay. his. Uh, he finished fourth second. at the. Yeah, that's right. He finished fourth at the. Um, finished fourth at the Indian Open, where he just had a nightmare on the fourteenth hole there, which is a brutal hole. Um, I backed him on his next start in Morocco, and he finished second there. Um, finished nineteenth in China on his start after that. So he's in some decent form. He came back. Uh, he had a hernia surgery at the uh, start of the year, which had been bothering him at the back end of last year. But he's come back stronger. He's he's kind of taken this Brooks Kepka route to to try and to develop his career by working through the Challenge Tour on the European Tour um, onto the. Onto the European Tour itself, he's got his um, maiden win um, at the maiden Denmark um, back in at the end of uh, seventeen. Um, I think he could go well this year, uh, this this week, and at six thousand four hundred. Um, and he's a, he's a New York boy himself. He's uh, yeah. he, he was he was born in New York, so it will feel feel like a uh, feel like a home event to him i guess um even though he's been plying his trade o- overseas for a few years now his yes. form in is 24 to 19 his total mm-hmm. driving numbers across those four tournaments 17 17 2 13 and this is a man that on the european tour is always in the top 10 for driving distance at every tournament he plays in yeah and he was in the top 20 last year at bell reeve at the pga championship yeah, exactly. And I think didn't you say he was also top thirty at the Open? He's, I think Something he's, like a, he's a, he's a, 
I think he's a far better player than he's he's been given credit for in this scoring uh, in 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 the way this sets up. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that that won't that won't bypass a number of the the savvy savvy people um, who are uh, doing DraftKings week in week out and keeping an eye on the European tour. But clearly, from his pricing, he's he's been overlooked. And yeah, he's he's going to be an integral part of the teams where I'm picking players that need to uh, need to be coming in at that kind of uh, price bracket. And of course, picking a player down there it does give you a bit of scope for a little bit more um, further up the list. That's for sure. Now, having uh, tipped him up last week at sixty to one, and he almost won the tournament, I think it's clear to say that in this category, sub seven thousand, Scott Piercy at six and a half, uh, six and a half, is going to be the chalk of this particular category in terms of uh, ownership. Yeah, I mean the guy that clearly played last week with no bogeys, he's bound to bogey the opening hole this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if there was a bet to have. You'd have it that Piercy will bogey the first, yeah. but I think Piercy. I mean, his credentials are going to be difficult to uh, uh, to to not go with, especially on the basis that back in '16 he was in the top five at the U.S. Open, played at Oakmont on Poanana greens, and then he he backed that up with second place at Bridgestone at the World Ch- Golf Championship on his outing. Now he can mix it with the very best when he's on song. Yeah, he can. His, ga- his game is great at the moment. Two third places on the bounce. Yeah, he's uh, yeah third and second. He was um, he was twenty um, second here, not long after those uh, those two efforts you just mentioned there. So he was runner up at the U.S. Open, runner up at Bridgestone, and then twenty second yeah. here in the Barclays um, back in uh, twenty sixteen, I think it was. But yeah, I, I, he's going to be again six thousand five hundred. That that pricing was put out before last week's effort, of course. Really. But yeah, he's gonna. I saw some um, projections for ownership, and he was looking at around about nine, ten percent, which is for a player at that kind of level is going to be, it's going to be a big number. But do you do you swerve him deliberately because so many people are going to be using him, or do you just concede that he's um, he's playing better than his uh, the price suggests, and that he's got to form part of your uh, part of your team this week? He's it, he's again like Suri, he's going to be. Part, forming part of my uh, part of my composition and my my teams this week. That's for sure. Uh, I mean, other other players down there got... that I like from a European tour perspective. Um, Ross Fisher, who I've backed outright anyway. Um, I think he's playing better golf than um, than some of his results have said of or suggested of late. And is another player. He, he topped the driving distance charts on the European Tour last year, and we know when Ross Fisher plays well, he's he's very strong from tee to green. It's generally just his uh, putting that lets him down a little bit. But um, on his last start last week at Hillside, at uh, for the British Masters, he putted at one point seven zero in terms of his putting average on the European Tour. Of course, the stats on the European Tour are a little bit more primitive than you get on the the PGA Tour. But one point seven zero for Ross Fisher is an eye opener because the guy can hit um, a lot of greens in regulation when he's playing well. And um, been listening to what um, his coach Dennis Pugh's been saying, and Dennis is clearly um, sure that uh, the Fisher is very close to doing something something good. Um, and uh, if you go back, his best effort on the uh, his best major effort of his career so far came at this course back in 2009 when he finished fifth so um, some positive vibes from that um, I, I backed him outright and had to 350 to one um, to, to win the tournament but um, 
his uh, his pricing here, 6,500 um, demands a bit of inclusion in my view. There's two other names that in there that I think we well maybe even three that I know that I'm potentially interested in. Max Homer, mm-hmm. who actually, if you look at his statistics, is very strong from that iron range that I was discussing earlier. Yeah. Uh, 20, what we got? We got 26th for G, uh, GIR from 200 and above. He's also 18th for proximity from that range. Yeah. And you might find with Homer, he's, uh, he's pumped up, clearly off of, off of his first maiden victory on the tour. Won the longest driving competition yesterday, although it's debatable who turned up for that, looking at the results. <laughs> but um, Homer could be one that uh, that sneaks into the picture. We've seen it before where a player's clearly on a high. Another one I know that you're interested in, and I can't disagree, is Corey Connors. Yep. Who, if you're looking from a total driving ball striking angle, Corey, uh, Corey Connors is exceptional on the tour. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, clearly one in Texas a few weeks back tends to like longer golf courses. We don't know about how he's going to handle the major aspect of it. That Clearly, that's, that's a negative against him. But Connors, from a statistical perspective, you know, he's the kind of beast that finds fairways, finds greens, and um, he's, he's long enough off the tee as well. He's, yeah. second, he's second for GIR from 175 to 200, and he's 25th above 200 so yeah it just shows you the 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 ability that he's got with the long irons yeah and that marries up well as you said right at the start Mm. with with beth page black and 22nd for total driving as well as you say one texas what five six weeks ago so that's a beast of a course isn't it san antonio can be yeah so six thousand eight hundred. Yeah, there's uh, again saying know, that didn't he shoot something silly there? Just it was just bogey. It was birdies for fun. He annihilated the field that way, didn't he, Connors? He was very, very impressive, Corey mm. Connors. Um, yeah. So you know, at that kind of price, so again, for these sub seven thousand players, six thousand eight hundred. He's he's strong. Um, Lee Westwood interests me. I've put Westwood up for a first round leader, um, and I think Westwood playing. Um, more relaxed golf nowadays. Um, he he could start strongly, and if he does start strongly, he might just find he hangs around um, for for a stretch of this uh, golf tournament. And again, it's six thousand eight hundred. Um, could he justify that price and finish in the top fifteen, top twenty? Quite, yeah, quite possibly. Um, Matt Wallace um, yeah. is a player who I think for years in years to come in the future will be. A staple part of um, consideration for major championships. The guy's got a major mentality. He's very focused. He's very, um, he, he very much a major player in terms of his approach to the game. Very critical of how he performs. And um, had a massive chance to win the British Masters last week. Um, came up just short, but um, he's, uh, he's he's the kind of player. And again, he's long. Um, he's Total driving. If you were to to pick it up on the European tour, when he's playing well, he's he's a very strong driver. He's a very good putter as well. So um, I think Matt Wallace could go well here this week. And again, there were two players in that sub seven thousand group that I would say who are the likeliest to finish top ten this week. It would have to be Wallace and Piercy, because mm-hmm. Piercy's done it in the past. We know that he loves soft golf courses. And we know that Matt Wallace is something special. I mean, we we were pushing for him to be included in the Ryder Cup team last year. Yeah. 
amidst of a barracking of or you know it won't it won't but he's that he's that good isn't he i mean yeah he he he's the kind that mentioned last week at the british masters how his focus moving forward is getting results at majors yeah so yeah i'm with you um so a couple more names at that kind of level. Eric Van Rooyen, who's been playing some good stuff on the uh, the European Tour. Um, he impressed. He really did impress, actually, at the, the Open Championship last year. And he faded away a little bit on the Sunday. But um, he'd been right in the mix up until then. Um, Eddie Pepper, who played so well at the um, at the Players' Championship this year. I, I think it's probably a little bit long for Eddie, this. But um, he's been um, he's been impressive. Um and I think he's kind of stepping up to the mark in terms of um, in in terms of performing at a higher level um, in elite company, and a couple more if we if we're including players dead on the seven thousand bracket, then um, Justin Harding, who um, was really good at the Masters, finished twelfth, bought himself a ticket for next year for the Masters, and um, it's again from a total driving perspective. Um, he's very strong, and uh, when that uh, when that long putter that he uses gets uh, gets going, then he's, uh, he's he's an impressive player. And Lucas Beargard as well, who finished third. He beat Tiger, didn't he, in the match play, the WC yeah. match play. Yeah. Another player who's long, um, re- relatively straight, hits a lot of greens in regulation when he's uh, when he's on his game, and. Um, yeah. He could step up to the plate as well. So both of those guys are seven thousand. I think there's. Yeah, I, I I suspect given a, a, again particularly with the millionaire maker, which will have a lot of more casual golf um, DraftKings players entering this week. A lot of these names will be less familiar with the uh, with the players this week. And uh, if any of those do pop up in and around the top ten, top fifteen, then I think they can be can be justifying their inclusion in in some of your teams for for the price on offer. All right, let's crack on. We're over half an hour into this pod already. We do like a natter. <laughs> the eight, the sub eight bracket. What do we make of that? It yeah. does include the likes of Sergio Garcia, who I think is probably going to be the highest owned of the week. Mm. A decent pivot for Garcia would be a Gary Woodland, whose stats are very, very impressive. Who's clearly got a top. I think he got a top ten here. The recent Barclays in sixteen, maybe a top seven or eight. Woodland's at seven seven. Um, if you want grinding ability, someone that's likely to be there or thereabouts come the final show. Um, Kevin Kisner's at seven seven. He does like to peak for majors. I know that Jason Kokrag's going to be hugely popular this week. We know that he's popular over here in the UK from a betting perspective. Um, I doubt if that's going to be any different from a DraftKings perspective. And there's one name a little lower down in that bracket that I like the look of. And that is Charlie Hoffman down at 7-1. Yep. You look at Hoffman's numbers, you know, those key numbers I was talking about earlier from, from 1-7-5 and out. Yep. Hoffman's mighty impressive in that area. Seventeenth um, for GIR above two hundred, and also in the top fifty for proximity. And his game's rounding quite nicely. I know you've tipped him up for in the first round leader market, and why wouldn't you? Because his record in that is so stellar. Again, yep. soft golf course, confident at the moment. I think Hoffman's um, got a decent uh, enough record at someone like uh, Torrey Pines, which has got close links to this. 
So I think Hoffman at 7 1 is not a bad play either. No, I, I, I do like Hoffman myself. As you say, I've, I've put him up first round leader. And I think on a soft golf course, if Charlie can get off to a decent start, again, I think you could see him could see him hang around. Mm. Um, there, aren't, I, there, there are a lot of names in that bracket that I, I like. Um, Garcia, I think you're right. I think he will be very highly owned. And the off putting factor for me is he's missed the cut on his last six major championships, but he's got a great record around. Um, around Bethpage Black, so perhaps that's a more important factor than what he's been doing um, at the majors, and clearly his recent form has been um, been stronger as well. He's got, yeah. um, including that pairs event, he's got five top top nine, top ten finishes over his last seven or eight starts, so that's strong. Uh, Stenson's got a good fit, good game for this particular track. So is Louis Oosthuizen. I think uh, Louis is going to be relatively low-owned, and I think he could be a good play this week. Um, of course, you, with with players like Louis, you are uh, risking that uh, something twinges in his back and he he pulls out at some point. But that could be the. I can't believe I forgot Stenson. Yeah, seven nine. Mm. He's on my shortlist. I think Stenson's ripe for this. Yeah. I I said in the betting uh, pod yesterday that's the one player that I probably should have squeezed in that I didn't. So that will come to haunt me. <laughs> so that's a great reason to back him. But listen to these numbers: one seven five to two hundred forty fifth. Above 200 GIR, second, 19th proximity. So, yes, you won't find him in any total driving top 30 because he hasn't got that distance. But I think around here, especially with a soft golf course, and he was using driver relatively often last week at uh, Byron Nelson, he's going to be finding fairways on on a rate that pretty much no one else in the field will be. He can still get it out there close to 300 if he's even hitting three wood. Yeah. Um, and he's got a decent enough record in New York. I know he was third at the PGA held at Oak Hill in 13. Um, he's done well in various different Barclays events on the Poana Greens. I think Stenson is a very, very good pivot point with Garcia this week. If you don't want to touch Garcia, Stenson at 7-9 will be lower owned. And I can see Stenson easily being in the top 10 this week on a real grind fest. And don't forget, sixth last year at Shinnecock Hills at the US Open as well, just down the road. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, there's there's lots to like with him. Um, I, I agree on a number of those players. I think Lucas Glover's going to be um, well supported in this. Joel Damon as well, who um, often gets off to a fast start. He's got uh, he's got some positives about him. The name that I think is going to be overlooked um, quite quite readily here, but who could go well in this bracket is Hao Tong Lee, yeah. who um, has been playing some pretty tidy stuff over on the European tour. Um, he came over. He played. Uh, he, he played some Europe, um, some PGA Tour events, and it didn't quite work out for him. Um, but he came back to the uh, to the China Open on his last start and the European Tour. Finished fourth. Uh, he's fifth for, to- uh, for total driving that week. He is a good, long, good, relatively accurate driver oh, who yeah. um, who can who can play well at the major championships. Listen to this, Paul. Twenty fifth for driving distance on the t- on PGA Tour. Fourteenth mm-hmm. for one seven five to two hundred for greens in reg. Twelfth above two hundred and thirty fourth for proximity. Yeah, Hao Tong Lee. That, that's a that's a super shout. I think. Sixteenth. Mm. Uh, yeah, he's six- mixed it at a decent level, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had that he, flying. Did he finish flying. in the top five at the Open a few years ago. 
He was third at the Open in 2017, and that was courtesy of a very strong final round. Yeah. But again, if we're talking about um, finishing positions this week being critical, if you can produce something like that and fly through the field on a Sunday from a, from a non-contending position and finish top five, top ten, um, mm. at that price, it's going to you know it's going to reward you in spades from a DraftKings perspective. Um, 16th at last year's US Open as well. So in terms of you know t- tougher US Open tracks um, or tests, there's, there's, I don't think there's a problem there. It's it, there's a lot to like about Hao Tong Lee. I must there say, is. it's going to be very overlooked. Another one who's going to be overlooked that I mentioned in yesterday's pod is Shane Lowry. I think could go well. Mm-hmm. Um, his numbers at uh, the RBC, where he all, he finished third in the end. Um, were very, very, very strong. His total driving's been excellent of late. And uh, as we know, winner at Bridgestone, uh, golf, World Golf Championship in 15, second, or he, he was leading the US Open Oakmont for a long, long time on Poana Greens. I think, I think, uh, I think Lowry could go very, very well. Yep. He actually putts really well on Poana. Yeah. No, no, no. He's 7 just... 2, and he'll be very low owned, I think. Yeah. No, no, I think he's got he's got a mm. better chance than is being uh, suggested by his pricing. Right, let's work our way up. This we're now getting into this mid bracket. What about sub nine? So eight, eight nine through eight one. Yeah, eight, I, and we've got Phil Mickelson at eight. I, there's some, there's some good. Good price, good names in there that you could you could make a case for Bryson DeChambeau, Tony Finau, Matt Cucho tends to bring his game um, to the, to the major championships. Jordan Spieth's in there eight six. Um, if you can um, take a chance on Spieth, that he's got to improve massively. I mean, none none of those names really resonate for me. I must say, but um, you know, there's some big names in there for sub nine thousand uh, players. Um, Hideki Matsuama, I know Barry's keen on um, as he went through in the betting podcast yesterday. I mean, for me, um, if I'm picking one player out in that bracket, I think it probably is Bubba Watson. Um, 18th, 10th, 13th here from the times that he's played uh, Beth Page Black. Uh, we know how long he is, we know when he's um, playing well, his total driving could be particularly good. The thing with Bubba is when. He likes a track. When he gets on with a track, he it kind of sparks this mental positivity and a positive approach to his game, and um, he can play well. If he goes to a track he doesn't like, he kind of downs tools from from the first shot, and it just doesn't work for him. And I think, you, given that he has had some positive results here, um, he could he could reward at eight thousand uh, eight thousand dead. So, so yeah, if I'm plucking one name out of that bracket, it would be Bubba, I think. Fourth at Copperhead, which we know is a beast, mm-hmm. and twelfth at the Masters last time on his on his on his um, individual stroke play, and he he kept the rust off. Thirty fourth in Louisiana in the teams event, yep. so yeah, eight thousand on Bubba. I think that's going to be well used option. I think Bubba at that price point. I think Cantley is going to be hugely um, popular, but. Well, from what I'm seeing with Cantley at the moment, it's it's his short game and putting that's saving him. His long game is way off. Yeah. Which around here could be a major problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, you'd never, ever put up Paul Casey. I know that for a fact. No, in, in the outright betting His total driving is, this season is, is phenomenal. In the outright betting, um, I wouldn't touch Paul Casey, no. Um, he's... 
clearly playing some good golf. And um, again, at eight three, should he warrant some support in a, in a couple of couple of team variations? Mm. Um, yeah, I, he could finish tenth or twelfth. Is that good enough for the eight thousand three hundred? Probably just about. You know, I'm not sure you'd be able to build that and and win the overall million dollars if if you know you're going to need need to have a nigh on perfect team. I think to to get close to winning that. But um, Casey eight three, I'm I'm not sure I'd, I'd swerve it completely in terms of my my build this week. Any love for Scott eight one? Difficult to tell, isn't he? I was, I was quite sweet in him at the start of the year because of the way he started, um, and it's—I wouldn't say it's fizzled out, but it just hasn't really progressed um, so far. In, in terms of top twenty, if you, if you go to the stats that we produce on the site, um, if you look at major re, recent majors stats, um, then he has the most top twenty finishes of all the players in the field since yeah. twenty eleven. Yeah, so yeah, for yeah. sheer consistency and major championships, Adam Scott's there. And you are going to get a run for your money at eight one, are you? But whether you're going to get a top five finish or top ten, difficult to know, isn't it? Yeah, but again, his long game does suit the track. Um, he's there's a positive tick next to him in terms of my analysis. So again, when I put all my teams together, um, there may well be a proportion of Adam Scott in there. I must say, of all of the brackets, that eight, that eight, nine through eight is the bracket I've got least interest in. I yep. find it difficult to actually pick those <coughs> from there. And then I'm like a canned. I'm, I'm I'm a bit like a candy in a sweet store. Anything sub eight, or anything from nine to ten, and <coughs> there's. I, I just I get excited looking at so many names. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's plenty I mean, there. N- yeah. None of this is going to be earth-shattering for the li- for the listeners, but you know, I I can see Xander going very well at nine-one. Mm-hmm. Um, Fowler's got a chance if he can sort himself out mentally and whether he can conquer the Poana Greens, which I've got a little bit of a question mark with with Ricky, but we'll we'll, we'll see. I know John Rahm is going to be hugely popular. I just don't like the winning total. If this was going to be 15, 16 under, I think I'd be all over John Rahm like a rash. Yes. But I, I think you might see a John Rahm blow up at some point. I, I think, yeah, I think that's exactly right. If you were to pick between, and, and, and Rahm is going to be um, massively popular and John Rahm can win um, pretty much any golf tournament that he, he turns up to if he's in this bracket, um, which In this bracket, Paul, you, you'd have to say that Chauvelet and Rahm will be the two highest owned, yeah, between... Uh, this nine this nine thousand bracket, I think so. Yeah, Fleetwood tends to be um, tends to be disproportionately um, over owned. I think a lot of people um, pick up on the fact um, that his long game is so strong, and mm. he gets uh, he gets a lot of support for it. Um, yeah, Xander uh, uh, for me is is the one name that sticks out in the sub ten bracket. Um, Francesco Molinari is likely to be the least owned out of that bracket, I suspect, Definitely. and. After his um, after after the, the Masters and the way that he um, fell away on the back nine, um, you know I don't I don't want to use the word collapse because that's probably a bit unfair, but um, you know for three and a half days he was he looked like every bit the Masters champion, and you know, don't forget that's in a seven thousand six hundred yard uh, track or plays in that kind of bracket with the way that the course sets up. Um, 
and you know, you, uh, I'd have looked at the Masters and looked at Augusta before that and said no, that the course is too long for Francesco Molinari to, to seriously contend. Yet he had every chance of winning that going into the back nine. Um, it just didn't happen for him. Um, well, I, I, that's that's a fair point, Paul. And don't forget, you know, PGA Championship is always about long golf courses and total driving. And the longer you can hit it, the better. Yeah, you mm-hmm. look at his PGA Championship record. In his debut, he was tenth in two thousand and nine. Second in 2017 at Quail and sick last year at Bell Reef. Yeah, I mean Brooks Kepka won that with Woodland right up there, just purely on the and Scott because they're just huge hitters. Yeah. So he can't get the job done on these golf courses. I and think he's going to be the yeah. lowest own in the bracket, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he is. I think if there's a pivot play in in this the top part of this 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 field, um, it is Francesco Molinari, and you could take a chance on him. And if he finishes sixth. Finishes fourth, um, then you could be um, leapfrogging an awful lot of people who've um, deliberately swerved him this week. Mm. Yeah, interesting play there, mate. Yeah, if he finishes thirty eighth, then um, then then you've wasted your wasted your pick. But um, that's the chance you take in this game. He's paired with Tiger again in rounds mm. one and two with Kepka. I mean, I, that's the that's the negative I see. He yeah. was hidden away in a nice group, you know, with just anybody else. I don't think it'd be an issue. No, but he could end up playing with Tiger all four rounds if he plays well, couldn't he? Oh, yeah. And if there's one guy that's mentally strong right now, it's Francesco in terms of majors, isn't it? Uh, yeah, by the, by the back nine, yeah. it's uh, It wasn't a total but... collapse. It, was, it wasn't a Jordan speed from a few years ago, was it? No, no. No, it was, it, was, yes. it, was, it was Tiger's time. It was Tiger's tournament. And, exactly. um, you know, whether, it, it, his, whether his um, head coach, his mental coach, has got enough positivity into him since he returned from America that, on that particular foray and he goes out there fresh and raring to go, um, that's, that's the debate you're going to have. And I, I do think that, as you say, if there's going to be a pivot play in that, in that actual area, Molinari's the man, isn't he? Any love for Justin Rose this week? Or do you think he's too expensive at that 9-9? Nine, nine? I think you've got, to, you've got to cut your cut your or make your decisions, haven't you? And well, for you me, um, in that bracket, Xander and, and Molinari would be the two that I, I kind of flip round. Um, yeah, I can I, I can see that there's a lot of logic for Rose. Um I know you you've, you you're warming him. I know you've backed him out right as well. Um, yeah, I, I I just I it just doesn't quite work for me. But um, I you know I'm, I'm very pleased to be proven wrong further down the line. Now we've got four now with Justin Thomas's withdrawal. Mm. We've got Kepka at eleven at ten four, Rory at ten nine, Dustin Johnson at eleven one, Tiger at eleven three. Who do you take? Of the four, <laughs> it's like, it's like juggling, isn't it? And then whatever drops on the floor, really. Yeah, I know I, the one that I'm less least sweet on, and I think he's going to be quite highly owned of the four. Is, is Rory? Yes, statistically, he's great. But then he's I, always great, isn't he? So. If, if if I if I were to order them, it would be Kepka Woods, DJ McElroy yeah. would be the four. Yeah. Um, I know the bookies in, over here in the UK can barely split the four of them in terms of the top of the market. And some, some, of, the, some of the bookies are literally going joint favourites of four. 
Um, the thing that concerns me a little bit with Rory is that his driving is generally his strongest suit and his driving um, in recent times has not been his strongest suit. He's generally hitting less than 60% of fairways and um, he's not going to be able to um, compete if he's doing that this week and if he's just kind of producing a middling driving accuracy performance. I think his long game has got to be really on point for him to be in the mix this week. It's not to say he can't do it because he, he, he could go out there and he could play fantastic from from tee to green um, and he'll put himself in with a chance on a soft golf course. But um, yeah, of the four, he'd be further down the list for me. DJ at three for you? Yeah, there's a lot to like with DJ. His long game clearly is gonna is gonna work here. He's the best in the field on pine and putting surfaces. Um, is uh, it just feels to me that um, Brooks Kepko has got the momentum in his his favour. He's got the right mentality to approach in these um, major championships. He's got three majors in a relatively short period of time. Um, I think he's got a huge chance of winning the tournament outright. Um, the winning total um, and the likelihood of it being a, a kind of a single mid mid single figure figure, or a, you know, a, a high single figure winning total this week brings um, Tiger Woods right into the mix as well. Yeah, and you know he's priced accordingly. He's, he's the top price player in terms of DraftKings. He's one of the you know one of the clear favourites or joint favourites in terms of the outright betting market and um, quite rightly so and there's no reason to suggest that he can't win it either it's it's a fascinating market for me I think I'm going to have to um, create some variations of teams that just juggle um, Kepka Woods and a little bit of DJ sprinkled in there and um, the one I'm going to be leaving alone is, is Rory I'm afraid I can't see any way that Woods doesn't top Five this week. Personally, I just think that yeah. this course is right for him. The winning score's right for him, mm-hmm. and I could see him and Kepka being very close buddies throughout this tournament. They play in groups one and two, uh, rounds one and two, and I, you could see those two um, sort of playing throughout the tournament. Um, close together on the leaderboard, I think. Yeah, this kind of brings this stars and scrub strategy into into play. Could you? Could you? Could, could you squeeze could, two in? Could you construct a team that's got Woods and Kepka? Yeah, mm. Woods, Woods, Kepka, and then four, you know, four four scrubs who can, uh, a can Piercy, somehow a Wallace. Uh, yeah, Lucas Berggard. You know, there's, a Charlie Hoffman maybe. Yeah, there's there's ways to play it, you know. Then then mix it up with a bit of DJ in there as well. It's it's it is a fascinating um, conundrum this week. It must be said because there are multiple ways you could play this. You you could ignore the top four and start building a team from the kind of from the the Zanders and the Justin Roses down and uh, the Rickies. Yep, Tommy Fleetwoods. This is the uh, this is the challenge. But yeah, clearly there's going to be there's going to be some very popular players, and I think we've highlighted a few of them for for right reasons. You know, as you said, Jason Kokrak's been backed off the boards in terms of the betting markets, and quite rightly so. He's going to be popular, I'm sure. It's a, a, a you know a middling price. Scott Piercy, um, four bogey three rounds last week, is going to capture the attention of an awful lot of people. 
Um, you know, it's a, a mid six thousand price as well. And then you've got these guys at the top. Um, any one of three or four could quite conceivably win this win this golf tournament. And with the way it sets up, and as we've said a couple of times, your reward for finishing positions this week from a DraftKings perspective is going to be very high compared to some other weeks. So pick those players who are going to go well. I think would be my uh, my angle. A nice obvious way to end the show. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Another obvious way to end the show is just forget if you if you're new to DraftKings, of course, and you do fancy having a, your first play this week, you can, with no deposit required, enter this five thousand um, market, which is purely for new starters this week, completely free of charge. There is a link in the description box, and if you uh, want to read more about how to play DraftKings, read Paul's. Uh, DraftKings explained piece which again we've put a link through in the description box right thank you for your time Paul much appreciated yep. best of luck with your teams this week absolutely uh, back to the uh, back to the normal stuff next week we will be back with Golf Betting System Podcast 77 for the European Tour and PJ Tour next week thank you for listening enjoy the PJ Championship goodbye <laughs>